Hi, I'm Colleen Nelson, licensed therapist, trauma expert, and fellow badass woman ready to rise up right alongside you. This podcast, Let the Rest Burn, is for the woman who has ignored, attacked, or even silenced her inner voice because she thought it was broken and needed to be fixed. It's for the woman who is ready to rise up and fully step into her desire, her joy, her full power, and make the impact she was destined to make. For the woman who cannot stand one more second waiting, watching, and witnessing the world crumble and is ready to rebuild and expand into a better future. For a woman who is so done trying to fix the world, she decided to start with healing herself and she let the rest burn. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Let the Rest Burn. I am recording from my cozy chair today. So for those of you that are watching or seeing the video on YouTube, you can see I'm at a different location than typical. I am excited for today's episode. I'm excited because the truth is I've been waiting to record this episode for a while. This is my birthday episode, so I am recording it earlier than my birthday but it will be dropping on my birthday, which is this year, the spring equinox, March 20th, first day of the astrological new year. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Last day of winter shifting into spring. It's extremely metaphoric for me. And I'm going to get pretty raw and vulnerable on this episode. This is going to be one of the more vulnerable ones I think I've had in a while, I want to talk to you about really what I'm hoping for in this new year for myself, right? What is going to actually happen for me? What am I, what birthday wishes am I bringing in? And I'm going to tell you a tale of of previous birthdays because it has been extremely difficult for me to celebrate my birthday and I'll explain why. And this year I am... I'm going to really celebrate it. I'm really going to use it as a turning point in my in my life. I'm turning 37. So it's not like a, you know, special year or anything, but for me, it is a moment in time in which I am fully embracing all that it means to be an adult woman. I am a woman who is here to unshackle myself from the past, from previous belief systems that I thought benefited me from people pleasing, from the shadows that keep me confined, from the martyr archetype, from the victim. I think I've just been letting life happen to me in many ways. I lead in so many ways, but then I also just react and impulsively leap in other areas and it doesn't serve me well. And so I'm taking some full ownership on this episode, everyone. Okay, so I want you to hold me to it. I'm taking some full ownership on what does it mean to be an adult woman? What does it mean to fully step into my big girl panties and say, I am fucking here and I am ready to go? So let's walk through this, shall we? I've always been independent. I've always been a go-getter. But when I needed someone, when I was struggling, when I was having a hard time, I didn't know how to ask for help in a healthy way. And so I often exaggerated what was going on, right? Emphasized, maybe exaggerated is the wrong word. As a child, I definitely exaggerated or lied or made it bigger than it was. 
because I didn't know how to be vulnerable and get attention. I felt like that if it was just a, hey, I'm struggling today, or I'm having a hard time, or I don't feel like being outgoing today, or um, I'm just lonely. I didn't feel like I would I would get the attention or the love that I needed. So I ramped it up. I ramped it up to, I want to divorce my parents. I said that in second grade. Or, you know, this horrible, terrible thing is happening to me. Or, you know, in college, I was a bit of a hypochondriac and just convinced that I was extremely sick. And really, it was psychosomatic. I was making myself sick. I had all of these, you know, thoughts that I was like physically ill and I would share it with everybody. And my my boyfriend at the time, if he tried to break up with me, I'd be like, I'm I'm sick. Don't break up with me. There's it's, it's so unhealthy, this pattern of showing up and exaggerating the hard things because I don't think I'm worthy of being held, being cared for, being supported. And I've worked through a lot of this, but it's really showed its head in my self-sabotaging behaviors. And this is why I'm doing it on the birthday episode because I have planned many birthday parties that are a little self-sabotage-y. We're going to highlight most traumatic one, which is my 18th birthday, but I'm also going to walk through some of the others and and walk you down this path of self-sabotage that I've willingly put myself in. I'm reading an amazing book by Brianna West, The Mountains Within Us, I think is the name of it. I'll make sure I put it accurately in the show notes, but, and she's talking about self-sabotage as a protective behavior. It's, you know, we do it because it is giving us something. We want to remain comfortable. Our nervous system doesn't want to be happy. Our nervous system wants to be comfortable, right? We are actually most at peace when we're comfortable, but where is that level of comfort? That's a a piece of the puzzle we really have to continue to evaluate because if that level of comfort is in chaos or is in unhealthy behaviors, we will always return there because that's what we know. That's what we've normalized. So for me, my level of comfort was in the hustle, was in the um, survivor mentality. If I was struggling, I would get love, right? If I was struggling big time. If I wasn't struggling, I was more isolated. When I'm in my full power, I am a leader. I am a sigma. I am circling the wolf pack looking for coyotes. I'm not in the group necessarily cracking jokes and being the most playful, fun one. I am scanning the horizon for a threat. That is me in full power. So it can be extremely isolating. So I would strip away my power and be the weakest one of the pack. And then I could finally be in the in the pack. I could go into the community, but I was almost like a repellent, right? I was demagnetizing myself and it was just brutal uh, what I put myself through. And I can't tell you how difficult it was for me to navigate that and know that I I was doing it to myself, right? And these last couple of months have shown me how far my self-sabotaging behaviors can go from making misaligned decisions to impulsively panicking when I receive money and putting it towards debt that I maybe didn't need to put it towards or spending it on something I didn't need to spend it on to, you know, almost losing sight of why I do the work I do and, and getting really caught up in the results rather than the people. 
because it's the people I serve, regardless of the results that actually make all the difference in the world to me. But I lose track of that when I'm really in a self-sabotaging spiral, right? When I'm in a position where I have set myself up for some big level consequences, I focus on how I can get out of them and not always in the most aligned way. So let's pop it back to Colleen uh, (laughs) preparing for her 18th birthday. So just to give you some context on my younger self on this t- at this time, I'm going to reveal some shocking details of my childhood. When I was in high school, I was very obsessed with, I'll say, not necessarily popularity, but power and male attention. I, in particular, had a very big crush on a senior boy when I was in a sophomore. Jason, you know who you are. Um... <laughs> I don't think he listens to my podcast, but for any of you that went to high school with me, you know who I'm talking about. I was a big crush, right? Like, and I wanted to be a cool girl. I wanted to be somebody that got their attention. I wanted to be around the other women that seemed so careless and free and fun and beautiful. It didn't need to be the popular crowd, but I wanted it to be women of confidence and of power. So I leaned towards some very powerful and confident women on the dance team. I was on the dance team as well and really kind of hung in their crowd for a while. And they were older, right? They were partying a lot more and, you know, doing what 17, 18-year-olds do. I was 15, 16, and I was just trying to play along. Well, A lot of them actually worked at Hooters, um, especially after they graduated or after they were 18. It was, you know, we had a a local Hooters here and you made great money and these women are beautiful and had fun and it was a fun work environment. So I decided to apply as a hostess, walked into my parents' bedroom one night and said, I'm going to apply at Hooters. And I'm pretty sure they thought I was joking because they said it was fine. And I literally applied the next day and got the job. So I worked at Hooters from 16 to 18. And for anybody that actually has seen me in person, I don't have big boobs, but (laughs) I made it work. I made it work. The outfits from for 16, 17 year olds are very conservative, but I definitely had fun. I had a lot of fun there. But in stepping into that kind of like young adult world, I stepped out of my high school community and away from kids my age. And I really didn't have a lot of friends outside of the older girls that I was kind of pursuing, if you will. And they were very nice and included me in lots of things, but I was still like the younger kid, right? I wasn't necessarily their bestie. My best friend, Chelsea, was by my side always. uh, And we kind of were a duo trio with our other friend, Chelsea. And I had some other girls on the dance team I connected with, but it was always, you know, short term. There weren't these like long enriching friendships or groups of women that I just felt so safe and, and comforted with. I watch movies sometimes like sisterhood of the traveling pants. And I'm like, oh God, my life would have been so different had I just like really allowed myself to be held by women and supported by women and not abandoned my female friends for male attention or for power. It was a very strong self-sabotaging behavior that set me up for a lot of pain in my younger years. So my birthday My birthdays before this were really wonderful. My mom helped plan them. My 16th birthday, I had a surprise breakfast where everyone was there. Um, they They were great. There was nothing about my birthdays that were hard. But from 18 on, they became 
a challenging time in my life and almost like a moment in time where I had to stop and reflect and be like, woo, here we are again, self-sabotage. Okay, how do we get better? You know, it was like my check-in point. Well, that my 18th birthday is coming up. I decide I want to rent a limo and go dancing in Denver, maybe go to the strip club and then come back. Well, I can only have my 18-year-old friends go dancing or go to the strip club and I was trying to be so cool, right? Go to the strip club, whatever. And so I invited everybody at my job to come and I put like a sign on the door And I said, whoever's going to come, here it is, like to split the limo. This is how much it is. It was like 25 bucks. It wasn't much. And please, you know, write your name if you're going to go or if you can come. Well, a lot of them RSVP'd. Most of them said yes. It's so painful to think about this, honestly, still. Well, the day of my birthday party arrived, my birthday. The limo pulls up at my parents' house. I'm waiting for people to arrive. And people are not showing up. And... It's extremely painful and it's, it's almost, it's extremely embarrassing to watch my parents see this happen, right? They, they are pretty devastated for me to see their pain in their eyes that they are reflecting back from the pain in mine. My best friend shows up with her boyfriend at the time and then one of the cooks shows up. He was really great with one of his friends And it ended up being four of us and myself. And I had to pay for the limo in full. And I don't think I felt more sad or abandoned in that moment. It was just so clear the time and energy I had invested into these women was completely misaligned. They weren't my friends, right? They were just people who I worked with and people who brought me along sometimes and they didn't care. They didn't mean any harm. I mean, they were 18-year-old girls, right? Like they're grown women. If any of you are listening now, you're like, oh no, this is me. It, we were children. And I should never have put them in that position to, to come in that way. Uh, and I probably should have followed up quite a bit more than I did instead of like writing their name on this RSVP thing. But it was, I was really, really sad. It was really hard and made me feel not special, not chosen, and not lovable. And that was a theme that really stuck with me for almost a decade. Like, I am not special. I'm not chosen. People don't want to be around me. Women don't like me. And when, that was, when that's a belief system that you, you hold inside of you, you act accordingly to that. So I would become very annoying because I believed that I was annoying. And it was a really tough moment. That that birthday for me put me in a position where the birthdays after that, I didn't really celebrate. I tried again when I was 20 and I threw a house party, which was ridiculous, and ended up getting in a huge fight with my boyfriend and like, ran all over Boulder chasing him. (laughs) Like what? And then from that point forward, you know, I just didn't really, I didn't celebrate my birthday very much. I didn't have a lot of close friends in my twenties. I had friends here and there. Um, My best friend and I had a falling out. So we, we didn't see each other for a while. And that was really, really hard. And 
I had moments and I had people who definitely stepped in. One of my closest friends in graduate school, Marisa, was fantastic and so good at making me feel special. But I just never really did a big thing again. I didn't do a big party. And then (laughs) I got pregnant with Charlotte and her due date was literally around my birthday. And lo and behold, she actually ended up coming a day before my birthday and I... (laughs) spent my birthday, I think it was my 30th birthday, in the hospital with Charlotte. And that was beautiful and amazing and also really, really hard. <laughs> but it wasn't about me, right? It was it was about her. And, and from that point forward, we have celebrated her birthday very clearly on the 19th. And I've never given myself permission to try and feel special again, to try and make myself open to receiving a happy birthday from people. I don't tell anybody when my birthday is. I kind of hide it. I don't really plan things. This last year or two, I've had a group of friends called the Firsties who've been very wonderful about birthdays. They're so good about events. And they've been very good about helping me plan it. But there's so much emotions tied up in it. I think every time my birthday comes around now, it's a reminder that I am single and and don't have a special person to celebrate that with. My ex-husband, Mike, is, is also wonderful at making me feel special on that day. So it's a dichotomy, right? It's like all of these people who are in my life now do go above and beyond to make me feel good. And yet I am unwilling to receive it. My self-sabotage is either A, ignoring when people show up for me and pretending it's not happening, or B, really wanting more, you know, always feeling like it's not enough. I need to, I need more. The truth of the matter is, y'all, and what I'm really wanting to say on here is that it's me. I have to celebrate myself. I have to acknowledge it's my birthday. I have to receive love from myself first before anybody doing anything is going to work. And I have to forgive myself, my 18-year-old self for making the decisions I made with the friends that I made. And I have to forgive who that young woman was who continued to make impulsive decisions and not want to deal with the consequences or find ways around the consequences only to find bigger consequences because she's not me anymore. She's not me. I am fully ready and stepping into the truth of what it means to be a woman, to speak in all of my integrity and root into myself in a way that nobody can challenge, to do the work, not half-ass it in any way, but to show up fully present in every single bit of my life and to not make excuses and not point fingers at the world or the universe or friends or people that I expect to show up for me but don't. If I don't show up for me, if I don't set the boundaries and the expectations, nobody knows how to do that. So I am declaring on this day, my birthday, my 37th birthday, that I am going to show the fuck up for myself and I'm going to celebrate like you wouldn't believe. I'm in Joshua Tree. I am in the most vortexy place you can find And I'm going to celebrate it with every ounce of my being. And I invite you to do the same on your birthday, on your anniversary, in whatever way you possibly can. Because self-sabotage starts when we don't 
want to have a healthy relationship with ourselves or we don't believe it's possible. And we protect ourselves by continuing to sabotage our capacity to grow. So no more self-sabotage for me. I'm all in. I'm all in and I'm ready to let whatever needs to burn, to burn, so I can step fully into myself. Until next time, I hope all of you are letting burn what needs to go and I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single second that you chose to set aside for you and the impact that you're going to have on the world today. To be inspired, to be seen, and to hold space starts with the very actions we take with ourselves. Look at the show notes for more information. Like and subscribe and share with friends if you feel inspired to. And as always, let the rest burn. Burn.